It's Nicky Ryan here, producer of The Explainer, and I want to jump in briefly before we begin this week's episode with a quick message on how you can support this podcast. At The Journal, we aim to bring you relevant, reliable and meaningful journalism. This podcast is just one example of that. We take a big topic, grab an expert and break it down piece by piece for you, making sure you stay well informed about the subjects that matter. We don't charge for this. And the same goes for articles, newsletters, roundups, everything else the journal creates. We believe it should be available to everyone, regardless of their ability to pay. We're asking our listeners to support us in this, so we can keep doing it and provide an independent voice in Irish media. More than 5,000 people have already stepped up. For the price of a cup of coffee a week, you can join them in helping us make more episodes like this one. Please go to thejournal.ie forward slash contribute and choose between a monthly or one-off donation. Welcome to the Journal.ie's The Explainer, where every week we take a deep dive into a different news story. Hopefully regular listeners will remember that I'm Sinead O'Carroll. I'm now back from my maternity leave and a huge thank you to Michelle and Grania for taking over while I got to know my baby daughter, Danny. Since my return to work, Britain's Queen Elizabeth has died and Garth Brooks has played five concerts in Crow Park. A hectic couple of weeks amid those once in a lifetime items was also a very significant event in a story we've been following here at The Explainer for years. The Kinnahan name has been associated with big time drug dealing for most of this century. A deadly feud with a rival gang, the Hutches, led to the deaths of 18 people. Previous episodes have explored the Kinnahan's links with boxing if you want to listen back to our discussions with Gav Casey. But today, years on from the start of that feud, we'll be discussing something that didn't seem quite possible then, the total dismantling of the Kinnahan cartel. It comes months after the US Department of Treasury issued a round of sanctions on members of the gang. Rare public appearances by Gardaí and US Treasury representatives changed the story completely. We began to know much, much more about the underworld. And last week, the arrest of John Marcy, suspected of being the Kinahan's key money mover, has put more of the jigsaw puzzle together for us and shows just how close international authorities are to closing in on the entire operation. Today, I'm joined by our reporter Gareth McNamee, who has all the details about Marcy, his connections to the Kinahan's, and what this arrest means for the world's drugs trade. Garth, welcome back to the podcast. Hi, how are you? Can you take us back to April 2022 when things started to change dramatically for the Kinnahans? Tell us what happened. Yeah, so as you said, like uh, we've been following the Kinnahans for a very long time at the Journal and uh, a lot of Irish journalists have as well. And I remember just coming up before the 12th of April this year, there was r- rumours of something big coming down the line in relation to the Kinahan gang. And we we're just like, what, what What? could it be? We got an email from the Garda Press office telling us there was going to be a big event in City Hall, multi-agency meeting with international police forces. And we're like, oh, something something big is happening here. I remember sitting in the front row in City Hall and, and uh, a member of the uh, US Treasury got up and a picture of Daniel Kinahan, Christy Kinahan and Christy Kinahan Jr. flashed up on the screen with five, reward five million dollars each like a very wild west photograph uh, you, you would have seen back in the day um it was the beginning of the end for the Kinans. they had nowhere to hide now i think even commissioner drew harris said that at the time he goes you can run but you can't hide which i thought was a very dramatic line from from our guard commissioner and it's created uh, a profile for these guys over in the u.s that they didn't want yeah what exactly did the u.s say and who was saying it so they were alleging that daniel Christy Jr. and Christy Sr. were the heads of an organised crime gang that was dealing in hundreds of millions of dollars worth of worth of drugs, uh, involved in money laundering, allegedly trafficking of weapons, um, 
various other international crimes. And they actually also revealed kind of a hierarchy of people they suspect to be involved in the gang as well. So there was seven in total, top three being Daniel Christie Jr. and Christie Sr. And then there was four others, including who we're going to talk about later on, John Morrissey uh, and another guy called Sean McGovern, who uh, is linked to the Burn Organised Crime Gang. Is this the first time that they've been targeted by US authorities or any organisation within the US? They had previously been placed on a narco-terrorist list. Now, this is the Kinnan Organised Crime Gang itself, not specifically Daniel Christie, Christie Sr. or Christie Jr. But the actual movement, the actual group was placed on a, on a watch list. They have been the focus of US uh, investigations before, but mainly they've been the focus. Uh, it's mainly Spanish police, British police, Irish, uh, and maybe even towards the, the Balkan areas as well, where they have connections within uh, some of their drug routes. Obviously, Daniel hasn't been arrested, but have we had high profile arrests so far since then? I suppose we go to the the kind of the hierarchy that the US Treasury sent out and like the top three were Daniel Christie Jr. and Christie Sr. And then you had kind of lower down people like Sean McGovern and then John Morrissey. And so we had John Morrissey's arrest uh, recently. So he was the first of the seven sanctioned to fall, uh, first domino to fall. And uh, according to multiple of my sources, um, they're hoping that a domino effect is going to happen and that they're going to start racking up a lot more arrests a lot quicker. So tell us about the arrest of John Morrissey then. What has his suspected role been? Yeah, so we to say that these are allegations that are being put uh, against John Morrissey, but he's being alleged of, of laundering over $200 million for the Kinahan crime gang. He's also suspected of setting up shell corporations and um, drinks companies to, to, to launder money. He's been well known, to use that cliched phrase, uh, to police forces in Spain, England uh, and Ireland for a long time, but he's also been... He's also a man who's kind of prided himself on being um, seen to be flashy and, and have uh, all the kind of the big brand names, and the big cars and stuff like that. So when the pictures of him came out sitting on a on a bed, shirtless in the Hawaiian shorts, it was very low moment, I, I suspect, for Mr. Marcy. We saw the pictures of the arrest. Um, you mentioned the Hawaiian shorts. Yeah. Um, but there was also numerous different representatives from police forces. Who exactly is after the Kinahan crime gang, the members like Morrissey? I, I, honestly, I'm not trying to sound flippant. I think I think it's you'd be shorter saying who isn't after him at this stage. You know, you have Interpol, Europol, Guardia Civil, um, Garda Shiakana, the National Crime Agency, the DEA, the US Treasury, you name it. And there's also uh, elements of South American police forces liaising with the agencies I just mentioned and also with the Emirati um, government and uh, police forces as well are liaising with Interpol and Europol, I believe, in relation to Kinahan. I think everyone listening today will see the Kinahan crime gang as Irish. Um, they'll know that they work internationally, but they will see them as Irish. They know the Kinahan name. They know even the faces of people like Daniel. Um, most of the 18 people who died in that feud died on the island of Ireland, although not all of them. But it's a now an international operation. It's an international policing operation with people like Europol, Interpol, uh, the US uh, DEA. How much will the Gardaí be involved in this? I still think they're they're playing a very significant role. Uh, maybe that role has changed in the last couple of years. The Guardian would still have you know boots on the ground in Spain uh, and in the US and in Dubai to assist in you know identifying people of interest who might be coming up or rising to the ranks within the organised crime gang. So they're definitely they're definitely there playing a very significant role. Now the US are involved. 
obviously there's a lot more money behind the US um, police force, DEA, the Treasury especially. So there might be a bit of, you know, them taking control of particular aspects of the investigation, especially stateside, which is their own jurisdiction. Um, but it's still fair to say the Guardi are playing a very significant role in, in taking down this organised crime gang. Obviously, this is such an international story now. It obviously has international attention, has international authorities working on it. The gang itself is spread across the globe, which makes the money laundering aspect of it really, really interesting, which is where the arrest of John Morrissey kind of piques all of our interest as well. What um, do we know about exactly what he's suspected of doing? Like, how is he suspected of laundering the money that he has? Like the huge sums you were just talking about there. Yeah, so there's a there's a couple of very interesting uh, aspects to this. First one I'm going to start off is Nero Drinks. Uh, Nero Drinks was sanctioned by the US Treasury along with Daniel Kinnan back and, and the Kinnan gang back in April. The Europol alleged that Nero Drinks was a front company that was being used by John Morrissey to launder money. Now, his wife was the named person on that company. She is not a subject to many sanctions. I wanted that's just uh, for a legal point. But Nero Drinks is very fascinating when you look at it. When you kind of, if you go back through um, its f- former social posts that have been kind of dragged up since since this happened, it's very interesting because it's a vodka brand that uh, John Morrissey tried to like create this VIP brand of vodka. You know, you see it's like certain big rappers with certain big you know brand names of alcohol. He was trying to do this. But with the likes of Premier League footballers um, uh, in in Spain, in Malaga especially, so to be the guys going for their 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 VIP sun loungers, you know, with bottles of Nero vodka, would be there in in, in buckets of ice. You could look. I one post uh, I looked at. I won't name the 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 bar that was in association with it, but they were so proud to be associated with this brand because it was so connected to the glitzy high life of of Malaga and the Costa del Sol. But the second it came out that Nero drinks. Was was allegedly involved with the Kinahan gang and, and laundering money as I, uh, the, the, the whole reputation just uh, just changed. Yeah, it just really shows how far the tentacles of the international drugs trade go. We've talked about the Nero uh, vodka brand and what is alleged around that. What else is John Morrissey suspected of doing? Yeah, so this, there's another aspect that, that Europol... Um, alleged uh, Marcy was involved in relation to money laundering and this is called Hawala now a Hawala method it's it's kind of it can be kind of complex to 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 sum up so I'm going to give you an example very quickly in how it's how it's done but basically Hawala dates back to the 8th century and kind of like the Silk Road traders basically they wanted to set it get a way to move money without actually moving money because they were targeted by thieves on the, on the road during the Silk Road. So I'm going to give you a very brief example. This is actually on the Europol uh, website. So if you just bear with me for a second, I'll, I'll, I'll explain it. So let's say Mary needs to send 200 euro to John, who lives in another town. She will approach a Hawala dealer, let's call him Eric, and give him the amount of money she wants John to receive, including the details of the transaction, the name of the recipient, the city, and a password. So Eric contacts a Hawala dealer in the recipient city uh, and asks to give John $200 on the condition that John correctly states the password. Tom transfers the money to John from his own account minus commission and Eric will owe Tom 200 quid. So that's the kind of thing you're moving the money around but you're not moving it but it's based and Hawala actually means trust and it's it's all based on trust because you have to know the people on both ends are going to give the money minus the commission and you know if it's $200 million worth you must you got to trust them a lot you know uh, so Okay, Gar, I think I have followed that. Uh, But just to recap, 
Mary gives her 200 euro to Hawala Eric, who in turn gives it to Hawala Tom, who then gives it to John, Mary's intended recipient. So Mary and John never interact, and Eric and Tom make the commissions because of the Hawala network. So I think we have that all straight. Uh, you could send us an email of complaint if you don't. Um, but let's move on. If John Morrissey is the money man and he has been arrested and you know removed from the Kinahan cartel, what does that do to the organisation? Yeah, well, huge. Um, back in April when Daniel et al. were sanctioned, we, we thought and we were told through various sources that, you know, money is basically stopped his, his ATM cards were useless this kind of thing but at the same time if you're the likes of Daniel Kinnan you're going to have a lot of various ways of getting yourself a few quid John Marcy allegedly was his main Kinnan's Daniel Kinnan's main source of emergency money uh, these are allegations once again just suspected um, but now with Marcy's arrest and the collapse of the likes of Nero Drinks and the Hawala dealers going, going, running, yeah, he's he's he, the money taps been turned off. It's, it's it's only he's going to be down to various drug deals that might have panned out, or maybe he people owe him money that he's going to, be going to be calling in some debts. But at the same time, how much power does Daniel Keenan wield anymore, especially in the Dublin drug game when he hasn't been back to Dublin in a long, long time? You've preempted my next question, yeah. which was going to be like, what is their grip on the drugs market in Ireland now? They've kind of moved into a wholesaler business model where they used to they used to control they used to bring it in uh, chop it sell it but they they do it all themselves in their own kind of business but now they're actually they've been forced into wholesale which means they're bringing it in and selling it to other gangs because they haven't got the clout that they once had now do they still have power yeah they do they they still have the connections in south america they still they still have the the wherewithal to actually bring in drugs through various ports and various cities um but are they as feared as they were five years ago? Absolutely not. They're, they're, they're not. Is there other gangs then that are filling the roles that they once filled on the streets in Dublin? And how much of a danger do those gangs pose? Yeah, like as, as we know, we kind of heard about the likes of, uh, I'm loath to say this, but the Gucci gang out in Finglas. Um, and there's various serious drug dealing elements out in West Dublin, Clendalk and Blanchardstown, um, who are filling the void, shall I say, left by Kinahan gang you know we mightn't have had many gangland murders in the last couple of years maybe something to do with COVID as well but I know from speaking to my own sources that there's just tensions ramping up uh, very big pockets of West Dublin even down as far as Limerick as well which would be connected to Kinahan drugs and the, well the, the, the void left by the Kinahans because there's hundreds of millions of euro to be made there and people who are in the drug game are going to see that as a big opportunity to to get their share of that you mentioned earlier the last time we spoke about Daniel Kinahan, we talked about how he was sports washing his image, you know, becoming this quite successful boxing promoter. And um, what has happened to that plan? That is over. That's not going to happen for him anymore. Is is the dream he had? I remember, you know, he used to be down at the National Stadium in Dublin uh, a long time ago before he got involved so seriously in drugs. He was running kind of boxing, amateur boxing nights and stuff like that. And his dream was always to, you know, make it as a professional boxing uh, promoter that that dream's over the US isn't going to touch him anymore um, especially after the Treasury and the DEA announcements um, but now the US especially those in boxing know exactly who he is 
uh, and they, they don't want any part of it. Now, prior to the DEA announcement or the Treasury announcement, he might have been doing deals in the background as like a special advisor to a promotion company or something like that, not officially affiliated because, you know, even the people back then knew who he was. Um, but now it's just, it's, 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 it's over from, there's no, there's no coming back. And where exactly is he at the moment? It depends who you ask. It's interesting because he's been in Dubai for so long. There is talk that he's gone to Kazakhstan. Uh, now, he does have people in Kazakhstan who he knows. He's actually w- was filmed at a charity event there a few years ago, buying the ball used in a Champions League final for €160,000. I think you might remember that one. Um, so he does have friends over there. But f- for me personally, I haven't been able to corroborate that he's in Kazakhstan. And in terms of the photos and the wanted posters that we talked about, you know, himself, his brother, Christy Jr. and his father, Christy Sr. have all their faces plastered on these wanted posters with uh, millions of dollars as, as rewards. What's the likelihood of him or either of the Christies being arrested? Yeah, this is an interesting question because, you know, we've known where... Daniel is and Christy Jr. is anyway. Uh, likes of Christy Sr. Is, is is often heading to different places like Hong Kong and Macau and stuff like that. Um, but Daniel and Christy Jr. weren't weren't arrested while they're in Dubai. And I suppose the only people who know why they haven't arrested them are the likes of Interpol and Europol. There's obviously a reason there that we don't know, um, and the only it's only the people high up in those positions who 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 know why they haven't been arrested yet. And again, it's why the John Morrissey arrest was so interesting in the last week because we got a lot of information from Europol, which isn't usual. You know, you've explained the Hawala network to us. You know, the fact that Nero Drinks was suspected to be part of the money laundering operation. You know, these kind of details that haven't been as forthcoming before. Uh, finally, Gareth, last question, because we did talk about that feud um, that will live long in the memory of Irish people between the Kinnahans and the Hutches. Obviously, the Kinnahans grew into this absolutely huge organised crime gang that now, you know, international agencies are trying to take down. We don't hear as much about the Hutches. Where are they and what happened to the, them, the entity, the gang? So the Hutch gang that was that was operating during the Kinnahan Hutch feud doesn't exist anymore. It's almost kind of broken up into different parts and uh, people are operating as guns for hire or people who can steal cars or, or people who can deal drugs or hold drugs and, so, uh, and, and stuff like that. So that's where they are now. Thanks, Gareth. I think you've done a really good job there of explaining just how much the international drugs trade can creep into all of our ordinary everyday lives. Um, thank you for coming in and explaining everything to us and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you for listening to The Explainer and a big thank you to Gareth for his expertise on today's episode. This episode of The Explainer was brought to you by producers Nikki Ryan and Aoife Barry, as well as Michelle Hennessy. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving us a review and rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's a great way to make sure other people will find it, listen and love it too. Thank you and catch you next time.